Hello and welcome to Living Veda. I'm Rachel and I want you to live long and live well. Together, let's explore the ancient art of Ayurveda and yoga so that you can build a life well-lived. I'm here to teach you these truths in a modern and livable way, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It is 2022, my friends. And as with all New Year's, there's a pause for reflection, planning, and and hopefully a little bit of dreaming as well. And the yoga version of a New Year's intention is called a sankalpa. It's a deep desire of the soul that comes from a place much deeper than the mind. And because it's this vow of the soul, it's understood that it's part of the higher self and that you already have all of the tools that you need that are necessary to realize that desire. And a sankalpa of mine, or a deep desire of my soul, is to teach Ayurveda to you. I want to help you reimagine what your normal can be. I want you to feel really good. And I'm here to help you reestablish what health and well-being can look like for you and for your family. And to teach you how to create a path towards that being your reality. So I'll invite you to re-examine with me the idea that pain or constipation or sleeplessness or whatever it is for you is just how it is. I want you to live long and live well. And I hope for you the kind of old age where younger people talk about that cool, alive, really interesting friend they have that's 100 years old. (laughs) And I imagine that already many of us have watched as people we love die way too soon from cancers and heart disease, and diabetes, and more. And I certainly don't believe that there's ever just one way to do anything, but I do think that Ayurveda can be one way to live long and to live well. Ayurveda and the yogic sciences reach across the practical to the esoteric to teach us how to take good care of the whole self. They're intrinsically designed systems to know yourself from the inside out. And the more you know and understand, and can see, the more conscious power of choice you have. And that is where the magic happens. Okay, my little boy is too, and I have another one on the way. I want a version of health for them that is so much bigger than the absence of disease. I want them to understand all of the ways that their beautiful little bodies are a part of the nature that they can see all around them. And I hope that their childhood can be rooted in a respect for Mother Nature and her laws. I want to teach them all of the ways that food and movement and nature and loving relationships can all be medicine. I'm dreaming of a world where by the time they have kids, if they want to, that living with the wise principles of Ayurveda will just be second nature. A world where they will never have to suffer from something that is called a lifestyle disease. And I want that for you and for your kids too. And that's why I'm here. I want to teach you this science that offers another way. So my intention is that we move through this year together with Ayurveda and yoga. And I will be here each week to teach you something new and offer you tools to help you build your own well-being. Okay, so let's get started with just not just, but the basic stuff, like what is Ayurveda? (laughs) So while Ayurveda is a part of the Vedic tradition, just like yoga is, it comes from the Rig Veda. Its source texts are more varied though. So I'm going to pull some verses from those texts 
that will help you understand the basics and get us started off together. And in one of those texts, the very first verse says, one who desires a long life in order to attain virtue, wealth, and happiness should very respectfully apply oneself to study, understand, implement, and advocate the teachings of Ayurveda. Okay, so here we have the who, why, and how all in one compact little sentence, and I think it's great. So Ayurveda is for those who want to live a long life so you can do the things you desire, and the study of Ayurveda is the ticket in that direction. So basically, it sounds like it's saying, want to stay alive and live well? Learn to pay attention with Ayurveda. Often it's literally, or Ayurveda is literally translated as the art of living or the knowledge of living. And if you've heard anything about Ayurveda, I imagine it is somehow in relation to the doshas. The doshas are the lens that Ayurveda uses to see the ingredients of the universe in everything from food to movement to you. And there's three of them. Next, the text says, three doshas maintain and destroy the body. In short, Vata, Pitta, and Kappa are the three doshas responsible for destroying and maintaining the body in their vitiated and balanced states, respectively. Okay, so the text literally repeats twice that nothing is fixed. It's like, maintain and destroy, maintain and destroy. You have these three different forces governing the body, and they can either, either be in balance or they can be causing you a mess. And we know from modern science that the body is in this constant state of recalibration and change. So for example, every 90 days, the body has a completely new set of red blood cells. And every five days, the cells that line the stomach replace themselves. We are always regrowing our bodies and that can either happen intelligently with balance or it can begin to break down and lead to destruction and disease. And the three doshas are responsible for the life or death of the body. Again, the doshas are Ayurveda's way of recognizing that everything in the universe is composed of the same raw ingredients, which are the elements. You might also remember them from Captain Planet. I loved him, he was great, but anyway. The five elements are earth, wind, fire, water, ether, and there's no heart, but you know. Anyway, each of the three doshas is a unique pairing of the elements. Vata is ether and air. Pitta is earth and fire. And Kappa is earth and water. And we all have all three doshas. We just have them in varying quantities. And those different quantities are what determine our individual dosic, doshic constitution. So maybe you took a dosha quiz to learn this about yourself, and I promise we'll come back to it. But for now, what's the most important thing to remember is that we all have all three doshas, and you really want all three of them to be balanced and happy. So we know that Ayurveda is all about observation. When we can observe the early stages of a dosha being upset, then we can intervene at an easier level. So uh, for example, we know that vata is composed of the elements air and ether. And we know that we all have some vata dosha. So too much vata or too much air can show up in the mental body as racing thoughts, or it can show up in the physical body 
as joints cracking or gas, dry skin, pain. <laughs> and if I keep adding more foods and lifestyle practices that create more air, like if I eat a bunch more light food, like a bunch of popcorn, these problems are probably gonna get worse. But if I know how to add in more earth to balance this air out, it could get better. And there's a little bit of a learning curve to recognizing the doshas in our foods and practices, but that is totally doable and I will help you get there. So next, the text gets into the doshas a little bit more deeply and it says, the predominant location of the three doshas in the body predominate dosha periods related to age, day, night, and digestion. Okay, this one's just a little bit more tricky to take in without a bit more knowledge, but basically it's teaching that the three, dosh, the three doshas all live in different places in the body. And the pattern that they are aligned in, so kapha, pitta, vata, is an intelligent pattern and it can be found all throughout nature in the time of day, the season of life, and even in the stages of digestion. And we see this pattern in the body. So kapha dosha, or the earth and water one, is generally at the very top of the body, specifically in the lungs. Pitta, or fire and water, lives in the middle of the body, and especially in the digestive tract. And vata lives in the lower part of the body, uh, right below the navel, but it is also connected to the entire nervous system. So this pattern of kapha, pitta, vata also relates to our stage of life. Childhood is the kapha time, middle age is pitta, and our later years are vata. The flow of the day follows the same general pattern, so kapha in the morning, pitta in the afternoon when the sun is really hot, and vata in the evening. And I think of this as just a beautiful reminder that we are all intrinsically connected to and part of our environment. We aren't living in nature, we are nature, and we all are made of the same stuff and follow the same rules. And with more practice, you can start to observe if a dosha is showing up in a place it doesn't belong. If vata is up in your chest, where kapha should be, you might find a dry, harsh, unproductive cough. And with practice and observation, we learn to interpret the functionings or the dysfunctionings of the body through this lens of the doshas. And of course, the sooner you can see something, the greater the possibility of a low level and successful intervention. And this, my friends, is where food and herbs and movement and sounds and nature and everything has the potential to function as medicine. Okay, next the text starts talking about digestion as it relates to each of the doshas, saying, the four types of agni, or digestive fire, are one, unpredictable irregular, two, intensely sharp, three, inadequately slow, four, balanced. There is a long-standing idea in the Vedic tradition that it's the God part of you, or your divinity, that allows you to transform food into a body. If you step back and think about it, it is rather magical that a banana becomes you. This is one of the reasons why Agni, or digestion, is given so much value. On a more practical level, you aren't so much what you eat as what you digest. And any Ayurvedic practitioner with their salt is going to ask you about your digestion, your appetite, and waste. 
These are huge windows into the overall health of the body, and they tell us a lot about what doshas are doing what. This text makes the types of Agni a little bit more simplified than the other texts, but it's a great starting place. So the first is unpredictable irregular. So this is an unbalanced vata type digestion. Think about the wind. You never know when it's gonna blow. And telltale signs that this is your Agni or digestive type are bloating and gas. Air and ether make up vata and too much of that is what starts to show up in this type. The second type of Agni is intensely sharp. So this is the unbalanced Pitta type. So we're thinking fire. And symptoms of this Agni type are when you are really thirsty or you have burning sensations like heartburn. Uh, this type can also be intensely hungry, what I will call hangry. And they sometimes burn up their food before they really even can digest it. So just like hungry all the time. And the third type is inadequately slow. This is an unbalanced kappa, heavy and earthy. This type is going to feel heavy after meals, like it's taken a really long time to digest the food. And last, we have balanced Agni. Well, you'll know this is you if you didn't have any of the symptoms that we already talked about, and you do feel light and energetic and just good after you eat. So here, Ayurveda is teaching us the importance of paying attention to our digestion. And the sooner that you notice something is off, the easier it is to do something about it. Now, the text jumps back into the doshas at the individual level, explaining, in the beginning, at the time of conception, that is, at the union of sperm and ovum, the constitution of a living being is formed. Prakriti is the poison of the poisonous creatures that does not cause them harm. There are three separate single dosha constitutions, inferior, medium, and superior, in that order. There is one constitution in which all three doshas are balanced. The other three constitutions in which two doshas are predominant are abhorred. <laughs> I mean, this one's kinda hard to take down because my doshic type is abhorred. Honestly, I feel like it's a little bit harsh, but anyway, let me try to break it down. There are seven, seven, seven different types of prakriti or doshic constitutions, and all seven of these come from the three doshas. So some people will have a single dosha as their constitution. If you have a single dosha as your constitution, vata is the hardest to keep happy, pitta is medium, and kappa is the strongest, and it's the most likely to stay well. However, you may have a dual doshic type, meaning you have equal parts of two of the doshas, Hello, abhorred friends. And there are three types of dual doshic constitutions. You could be vata pitta, vata kappa, or pitta kappa. So basically, if you're any of these types, it's harder to stay in balance because there's more forces pulling at you and it's just harder to keep everything happy. And lastly is the tridoshic type. This rare bird has an even distribution, distribution, distribution of vata, pitta, and kappa. And because it's just naturally well-balanced, it's considered to be the best one. The silver lining here is that no matter which doshic type you are, even the abhorred ones, your dosha's never gonna hurt you. It's compared here to the poison of a poisonous animal. 
Mr. Poisonous Frog is never harmed by his own venom. Knowing your dosha or knowing your prakriti is really helpful because it helps you better understand your makeup. It would be like if you were a rock, but you didn't know you were a rock, and you kept wondering why you felt so heavy. <laughs> or more on the nose, it's like, hey, you're a pizza type, but you didn't know it, and you keep wondering why it is so easy for you to get diarrhea, skin rashes, stay up all night, and lend towards anger. <laughs> your prakriti, or your born-in, unchanging, doshic constitution, much, uh, is much like your thumbprint. So it sets the size of things like your skeletons, these things that are never really going to change. But in contrast, we also have a vikriti, and this is the current state of imbalance. Your current state of imbalance may or may not end up creating the disease process, but your prakriti, the way you were born, it never will. And this is good news, kind of, because it's always going to be an internal or an external factor that gets you. It's never just going to be how you were born. So here's the basic Ayurvedic lens on disease. The doshas are responsible for the life and death of the body. Your dosha, whatever it is, will never hurt you, but some are easier to keep happier than others. It is always going to be internal or external factors that disturb the doshas. And disturbed doshas are always what leads to disease. Again, this is why learning to observe the doshas and understand how to reestablish their balance can become the golden ticket towards creating your own health. Okay, that was a lot of information and I hope it was clear. And I will be back next week to teach you some more. But in the meantime, if you will go to vedacircle.com, there is a free doshas ebook. And this is a more verbose and visual explanation of what the doshas are, how to recognize their qualities, qualities, how to see them in everything from food to stage of life to yourself, how to really start seeing and understanding the doshas. Uh, I'll put a link in the episode notes as well, but grab it, download it for free, and start to teach yourself. And you can also take the dosha quiz at betacircle.com. Um, to get an idea of what your constitution might be. This is a very lighthearted quiz. So take it um, with a small grain of salt and also take it as if you were the third grade version of yourself, answering the questions with what has always been the most true instead of what is the most true at this single moment. And hopefully those tools will help you continue to learn more. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I appreciate it. And until next time, may all diseases be conquered as by a powerful forest fire. And goodbye. <laughs>